the new channel. The new channel. Hashtag TNC Now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the new channel. Our passion transforms a community that sees and shares all things new. I'm your host, Francis Bauer, streaming from San Mateo, California, and this is Design Your Life. Do you like to watch and live vicariously through others' family lives, travels, relationships, passions. This show is here to encourage you to go beyond just dreaming. We'll show you some things that'll stretch your beliefs, and you'll meet some people whose real-world experiences and perspectives just might help you figure out how to go after the life you want, and maybe even break some mental barriers you didn't realize you had. This is Design Your Life with Francis Bauer. Our guest today is Mike Somerville, an American expat who has had quite the journey. He joins us from the land of smiles, Thailand. Mike is now a radio personality who has been able to design a life that he loves. Today, he encourages and educates people on how to do the same, particularly Westerners looking to make the move to Thailand. Originally from Massachusetts, Mike has had the privilege of being called Director of IT at the University of San Diego in California, and is also an Amazon number one selling author, where he shares a dark part of his past that may just explain why he is all about having gratitude. Join us as we learn from Mike about how he finds happiness living a life of gratitude, or as he calls it, living my ass off. Welcome, Mike. Thank you for um, agreeing to join me today. Honored. Great to see you. How are you? <laughs> Great, great. Good. And it's about what time is it in Bangkok right now? About 11.30 in the morning. 11.30 in the yep. morning. And I've, I'm at 8.30. I'm from um, the future. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> so, gosh, it's been a while since we've talked. Tell me where you're, what are you, what do you have going on right now? Last time I talked to you, I believe you were still IT, director of IT at University of San Diego. Yeah, I, I still had a real job back States. then actually yeah. and uh i fired my boss as they say uh but right now basically the biggest sort of work related thing that's in my life is that i bought a radio station here in thailand um i have a long history of starting radio when i was 14 and mm -hmm. uh, so it's sort of one of these you know like after 10 years you become an expert right so it's one of these yeah. things that i can just kind of do and enjoy a great deal that's the more important part i suppose but yeah so i have a radio station down here in a beach city just south of bangkok which is Pattaya. And then I have two stations in Bangkok. And so that's sort of a lot of what I do. 
That's so great. In I between mean, beach runs. Yeah. In between, I love it. I love it. But I mean, life hasn't always been smooth sailing for you. I, 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 um, that I'm aware. No, <laughs> no. I mean, like, I, you know, it's funny. People say, well, my life isn't perfect. And I'm like, I mean, from a Thailand perspective, I can guarantee you Buddha thinks my life is pretty perfect. Uh, because, you know, there's a lot of, I would submit to you that the reaction that people have to the events that occur in their life really sort of define them. Right. And so a lot of us will use this silly phrase like, oh, he's such an Eeyore. Right. And then, you know, from Winnie the Pooh, he's always in yeah, a lousy yeah. But I mean, it's perspective, right? And I will tell you that to your intro there, uh, there is a significant amount of truth to the reason that I have so much gratitude today for just the fact that I get to wake up. Because as you mentioned, I was on a path where I was basically committing suicide on the installment plan. And I really didn't, you know, okay, so at the time that I was using cocaine and drinking a lot of alcohol and stuff like that, my goal was to live until I was 30 and then I was just going to die. And it's not really a great goal for an undergrad to have. Oh, gosh, <laughs> but, no. no, it's ridiculous, in fact. Right. But I mean, I laugh at it because it just is so obtuse compared to my life today. I mean, that was 31 years ago. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I got sober when I was 24. And uh, to, to your point of the book specifically, where I sort of, you know, tell my story um, about what hitting bottom effectively for me was like, um, you know, I mean, my best thinking gets me to a party, which is me by myself, crawling around in the ground, naked, sweating, talking to bugs. Like that is what stay in school, kids. <laughs> Do not use drugs because spoiler alert, there is a trajectory that is not desirable. But, you know, from that, right, I got into, I mean, there's many solutions for staying sober, staying clean. There's many anonymous 12-step programs. And then there's just pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, which I didn't have the ability to do. I needed help from others. And uh, so I'm an I expert at sitting do in a help, circle. Though, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. And But now I'm an expert at sitting in a circle and talking about my feelings. So I got that going for me, you know. <laughs> I so love that. Great. Right. Um, so, you know, I had a quick question for you. I'm just, I'm, I'm and to catch up our audience um, with about this mm. book, uh, Designing Moments of Courage. Okay. I'm, I'm going to Defining Moments first, of Courage. Yeah. Defining Moments of Courage. I'm going to read that first chapter. And I have a question for you about that. Uh, so you, you said, I ran out of cocaine very early Monday morning, Memorial Day, May 25th, 1992. If someone had said the previous Friday, Mike's, you will do your last line of cocaine and drink your last glass of SoCo this weekend, I would have told them, screw you. I'm going to do coke as often as I can and die by the time I am 30. <laughs> was that you being, had you lost hope or was this just having like that, uh, what what do they say? Um, live fast, die young perspective. What, what where, where did that come from? And, I, and how did you I get there? Yeah, a good point, right? And so, because it's not like my childhood was lousy. <laughs> um, okay. I didn't come from any degree of broken home. Um, okay. I am blessed to have the par the best parents literally in the entire world. Mm. And uh, I mean, I might be a little biased, but we're going to go with that <laughs> later. And uh, I never wanted for anything. And, you know, people say, oh, well, you must have been spoiled. I said, no, no, no. Listen, I got everything I absolutely needed with the exception of a plane and a pony. So, I mean, you know, it was tough living like me. No, I had <laughs> I had an unlimited amount of love and support 
And, you know, it's not like I was met or it's not like I was financially bankrupt when I when I started, you know, or when I quit using. But what started was just a lot of stuff that, you know, you and I probably went through many people potentially watching this and you become a teenager and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, that girl's really cool. But she smokes Marlboro Lights. Well, I'm never going to smoke unless if I smoke today, then she might talk to me. So it's like, how do I become part of the cool kids table? Right. Uh, and it was cool. Like I started just drinking with my buddies and it was fun and we were ridiculous and we would, you know, have a good time, just like a lot of people, quite frankly, do in their undergraduate years. Um, and then I moved to California and a lot of great stories start that way. And then I moved to California <laughs> and uh, I had this what I labeled to be contempt prior to investigation, basically. And okay. people would be like, oh, you know, do you want to smoke some pot? Do you want to, you know, do this, do a line? Do you want to hit whatever? And I'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not a loser. I'm never going to do that. Um, and then a cute girl uh, offered me some. And I thought, well, shoot, I don't want to be a loser. I better do this, you know. Oh. And you know how, like, the first time you have a Krispy Kreme donut, you're like, oh, dude, <laughs> if these were made out of kale, I would eat these all day, every day, right? <laughs> so when I found cocaine, I was, uh -huh. when I first had my drink of first drink of alcohol, it was like, okay, yeah, this is good. And I feel kind of neat. And maybe I can talk a little bit, but that's great. But when I did my first line of cocaine, it was like, oh my God, I want to do as much as this as possible. So I asked the person who provided it to me, what does this cost? How much is this amount? How much is this amount? And she told me, okay, well, this is this little mess, you know, two, $300. I'm like, okay. I've got $25,000. Where can we buy a lot more of this? And her, her, her response, interestingly enough, was quite similar to yours just now. And, uh, and she was just like, I can't get that. What are you, crazy? This is like literally the first day you've ever consumed any of this. And she said, look, I can't get that much. And I said, well, where do you get it from? She goes, well, I get it from this guy, Alan, and he has friends and stuff. And I said, <laughs> sounds like we need to go meet Alan. And... <laughs> So, you know, I showed up and luckily, be, interestingly enough, my dealer was actually a really good friend. A uh, Alan was, you know, you're doing too much cocaine when your dealer's like, Mike, you might want to dial it back a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, I've got money. So anyway, so I liked it and it made me feel different and it made me feel 35 feet tall and incredibly wealthy and fit and smart and I could do anything. And, you know, as a lot of times happens with things that sort of vary the amount of dopamine and your brain construct, um, it failed on me. And so after about six months of doing that, I got into what's called cocaine psychosis. And I tell you this sort of intro thing to sort of lead up to your answering your question, which is why was I so hopeless? Because yeah. when you change your body that much, when I changed my body that much, let me just say that, um, I was just like, nothing else mattered. And so quite literally the first day that I did that, I did a little bit. I felt really alive and everything. I drove to school at the University of California, San Diego, where I was enrolled. I went to class. I was like jumping all over the place thinking about it. On my way back to my car after class, I stopped by the registrar's office and I completely withdrew from school. Wow. After, yeah, after doing maybe like a half a gram or a gram or something of cocaine. And so oh the point is, is that it changed my life like immediately. And it really got bad really fast. Uh, and that was when I was about 21. And I don't remember anything from 1991, which was when I was 23. Like I literally did it all day, every day, as much as I possibly could. 
um, and numbed out and just, you know, tried to survive and couldn't. Um, and then, believe it or not, I, maybe you've heard of it. I was watching TV at like four in the morning one day and I saw this commercial mm-hmm. and it had a frying pan and there was bubbling butter oh, in it and it said, yes. this is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any this questions? Egg, yeah. And yeah, fried egg. And it said, call 1-800-COCAINE. Now, mm-hmm. I know this is going to sound silly, like, but I seriously thought, I can get it delivered? I'm calling this number like right now. And of course, that's not what that number is for. It's for reaching out for help. And as is sort of the case with a lot of these solutions to get recovery, it's speaking to another person that has gone through a similar thing. This Mm -hmm. guy answered the phone and I said, dude, like I have a serious problem and I don't know what to do. And uh, and he said, yeah, I can relate kind of thing. But I remember he told me this was on a Monday morning. That's as Mm -hmm. it says in the book. He says, you need to get to a meeting on Thursday. And I said, "Okay." And I don't know where that hope came from, quite frankly, uh, mm. but it did. And uh, as I was with the same level of commitment and intensity that I loved cocaine and got addicted to it, I went to that meeting on Thursday. I got back home. There were all these messages on my machine. I called all my friends. I called my dealer. I called everyone that I drank and used with. And I said, hey, I've been to a meeting, so I'm going to get sober now. So if any of you guys ever call me again, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to call the FBI. I'm going to tell them who we buy from, who we sell to, where your guns are, where we stash all our money. Don't ever You're talk to me again. Sing. <laughs> and uh, so I got sober. I was committed, wow. you know. And uh, so and then that's sort of how that's how I become awesome because <laughs> I tell the truth now and I don't use cocaine. And so those two combinations actually make me a much better son, as it turns out. So, yeah. <laughs> How hard was it going cold turkey, though? Uh, Actually, it wasn't because um, a couple of reasons, not the least of which is I got into a group where I literally felt a part of like that day. It was called the Up the Old Wazoo group (laughs) um, of uh, of Cocaine Anonymous, actually. And that was 6.30 p.m. Thursdays in San Diego. The meeting's no longer there, but there's plenty of other meetings. Uh And I just I felt like a part of. And then I went home and I said to my girlfriend at the time, I said, I'm, I'm never drinking or using again. Now, of course, mm-hmm. I had used those exact same words during a hangover plenty of times. But for some reason, I, yeah. I meant it and it was my time and I did it. And I said, do you want to get you know sober? And she's like, no. I said, all right, well, then we're done. And I left. And um, and I just, you know, I committed to it. And I went to a meeting two days later, which was on a Saturday. And I walked in and there was this guy who's a friend of mine today. He was taking a token for eight years of sobriety. And I had two days clean. And I was like, okay, first of all, you're totally lying. What kind of a jackass (laughs) would be so lame as to get sober for a full eight years? I'm like, bro, July 4th, let's focus. We're going to totally rip it down or whatever. But I believed him and I sat with him. And then this other really important thing, too, is going back to sort of the silliness about, hey, if a cute girl talks to me, I'll smoke cigarettes. Right. I walked in this girl, Erin, who's also still my friend today. She gave me a piece of gum and I kept the gum wrapper that she gave me. I still have it today. And she was so genuine. And she's just like, oh, welcome. And that was it. That was enough. And I was like, wow, I haven't heard welcome. in a whole bunch of scenarios publicly in a whole long time. And I just, I fit and I just meetings, couple meetings a day, just 210% at 80 miles an hour, which is basically how I live my life. Um, 
and I just I just did it. And then all of a sudden this hope started coming back. So I no um, longer wanted to kill myself. So then when I hit 30, I'm like, oh, 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 my God, there's the future. I, you know, and so it all kind of added up. Do you think you were just seeking community in both scenarios? Uh, uh, yes, to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, I was definitely seeking happiness. And I didn't mm -hmm. know it at the time. It's all the whole, you know, 2020 hindsight, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you ask anybody, why were you in that lousy scenario? Well, at the time, I thought she wouldn't cheat on me for the 19th time. So I figured I'd stick with the marriage or whatever, right? So, <laughs> right. It, it, yeah. But I mean, I saw results. I mean, the fact that I stayed sober for an entire week and then went mm -hmm. back to that meeting and I walked in and they were like, everyone in the program basically calls me Mickey. I walked in, they're like, oh, Mickey, welcome back. I'm like, what did you guys all get together because nobody welcomes me back and remembers my name i mean i was just like you people are amazing and uh and they quite literally saved my life um and uh so yeah that the, the community is huge um you know if you anyone if you ever talk to anyone that like quits smoking cold turkey it's totally possible okay. but to your sort of quite you know, it's, it's it's uncomfortable mm -hmm. but I was more concerned, I mean, because here's the thing, <laughs> you do any cocaine and basically you're committing a felony. So it's kind of easy to be like, you know, I should probably jettison that from the, you know, from the Gantt chart. But I was terrified that I would drink alcohol again. And mm -hmm. in California, as you know, you can buy, you can walk into a 7-Eleven and buy SoCo, right? Southern yeah. Comfort. That's what I drank. I drank two to four bottles of 100 proof Southern Comfort every single day. <laughs> and so... Yeah, I know, right? It's funny. Someone I said that to somebody recently, and they responded the way you did. They're like, "Man, that's a lot of sugar." And I was like, "Right, it was the sugar that made me unemployable." <laughs> and I'm like, "Bro, I could barely stand." And so I was, I would literally walk four blocks out of my way to go around a Seven Eleven in San Diego, California, where I got sober. So mm -hmm. that I wouldn't even go into the Seven Eleven because I was literally terrified that I would buy the alcohol. That you would end up buying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. Oh my goodness. So like, I, and I, I didn't intend for this whole conversation to revolve around um, addiction and all that, but, yeah. can, but as you know, I'd, I'd like to move past that and talk about where yeah. you're at now and how, you know, the happy ending, so to speak. Um, but right. to the, 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 not that kind of happy ending. Yeah, well, I mean, um, Thailand, <laughs> so first, first, that's the first thing we think of over here. Yeah. But I mean, um, to, to that person, there's there's bound to be someone in, in the audience, one of our viewers that may or may not be struggling. Do you have a word or, of encouragement for someone who's maybe, you know, right there or struggling to get over that hill and, and towards sobriety? So there's no magic, right? Mm -hmm. um, I can't magic wand someone. Um, but for me... Uh, hitting bottom was crucial. Okay. And so all I would say is that, especially in the United States, mm -hmm. there is literally an unlimited amount of solutions free. And there are people in rooms like Alcoholics Anonymous or wherever that will literally help you for free. And I'm not talking like, oh, hey, dude, let's go have a cup of coffee. I'm talking drop everything, get in their car three in the morning, pick you up, talk with you for 72 hours so you don't commit suicide. The commitment that I learned to give inside of the rooms that saved my life is one of the main reasons I have a life today because yeah. I helped others. 
And mm-hmm. so all I would say is I pray for you that you have the level of commitment and insanity <laughs> uh, towards getting sober and changing your life and telling the truth for God's sake, because it's very difficult to leave that kind of life and always tell the truth, but it is so refreshing to be able to do so. Cause then I don't have to remember anything. I don't have to remember the stories I tell you. You right? don't have to keep track of what you no. said to who, right? No, it's just, you know, but it, the bottom line is that, like, if you could just put on my glasses and look through my life in sobriety at two days, at two years, at 20 years, you would literally, you wouldn't believe it. You would explode at the options and the love that is available in the world. If you just show up, clean and sober so it's out there yeah even here in thailand i mean there aren't a lot of like ties that get sober Mm -hmm. but there's plenty of meetings and plenty of organizations and plenty of you know meetups right communities that help uh, expats okay beautiful and i hope i would hope locals as well (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) not just the expats now one of the things that i noticed very much about you um mike's when um being around you every so often someone would complain about something that they had to do and (laughs) you would bring things into perspective you get to right oh gosh i have to get up early in the morning because i gotta work and you would point out you get it's you get to (laughs) right um where does tell me a little bit about where you got that where where that (sighs) comes from and you know the thought process behind all that Again, I, I, I do su- have so much appreciation for it. And, you know, it really puts things it, in perspective when someone's whining. And it's not just, you know, a, a, a quick and easy way to get somebody to shut up and stop complaining. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's like it's it's a real thing. You know what? Yeah, yeah I do get to get online. You know, I, I do have the privilege of getting online at ungodly hours of the morning or night, mm-hmm. you know. I guess, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any sort of single point in your life that anybody has can, can credit potentially for like the way that they live in the present moment. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that it was, it was definitely a process. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think the other nice thing too, is that the friends that I developed and I'm not talking about acquaintances, arguably mm-hmm. you and I have literally thousands of acquaintances, right? Just for because sure. of the way that we interact with people and, you know, mm-hmm. people, they're not, you know, I mean, all strangers are our friends that I haven't met yet. Right. <laughs> And so I got enough friends in my life that Mm -hmm. were willing to save my ass before they would save my face. So they would be like, you know, I'd be complaining about something like, oh, my God, I've got so much homework I got to do. And they're Mm -hmm. like, dude, you know that you would like not have this homework if you couldn't afford university. Like 99 percent of the Mm -hmm. world, bro, wants your problems. Probably 95. But it was just having people around me that like gave me that. Right. It's like, how'd you learn how to tie your shoes? Well, you know, someone coached me through that. And I just was able and great and lucky enough because it's not like I put an ad in the newspaper said, boy, I'd really love to be able to hang out with positive people that have changed my life. And no, I just was able to do, I guess, enough to be able to get one good person. And then maybe they together, we like met another dude at coffee and he was like the third cool kid at the cool kids table. And that allowed me to just more and more. And the more that I did that, the more gifts I got. So like what I realized is the more gratitude I had, the more gifts I got. And if I got more gifts, then I was on the path to gratitude. And the more gratitude I had, 
then I got more gifts. And I'm a big fan of gifts, right? I mean, I don't use drugs anymore, but I'm still an addict. Like, I really like stuff that makes me feel good. And so I was like, wait a minute. So if I change my attitude, you know, then everything else, like, then imperfections can show up. But I'm still a lot happier. I'm like, yeah. Dude, you know, my life is amazing. And the other thing I will say also is travel. Okay. Because if you get out of, I grant very grateful, but I was blessed to be able to live in ridiculously affluent bubbles. So because of that, when I traveled outside, it was like, well, what do you mean you don't have 50 bucks? What do you mean you don't have a clue like where the, you know, where it's going to come from? where your meal is going to come from, where whatever is going to come from. Why in the world wouldn't everybody go to college? That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I mean, yeah. it's only University of San Diego. It's only $250,000 for a bachelor's degree. Just, you know. So, uh, yeah, that really put a perspective on it. Mexico was one of the first places. Jamaica, <laughs> hardly mm -hmm. a wealthy country for the natives. Mm -hmm. um, and just being like, wow, like I have, I have zero problems today. You know, and so and the, the, these are also little catchphrases, right? I mean, there's plenty of T-shirts right. out there that say I have zero problems today, you know, so uh -huh. uh, the world is filled with it. If you look, if you, if you put the correct glasses on. That's that's great. So is this something that you talk about like on? Let me see here. I know you've got the spot. F so tell me a little bit about the spot. FM Bangkok dot FM yep. spot Thailand. Are these all the same thing? What's what's different here? Are they all the same? It's so the origin actually began during COVID because we couldn't go outdoors. And mm -hmm. so I was a YouTuber at the time traveling and I had a ton of, you know, and I couldn't go outside and travel. So my YouTube, so a bunch of us in the YouTube community were like, oh, we'll start doing live streams. And so we did uh -huh. that like from our living room. Sure. And then I found this domain, bkk.fm. BKK is simply sort of an abbreviation for Bangkok. Right. It's also the three letter abbreviation for the international airport. But yeah. Um, so I did that and I started, I said, well, hey, I've done radio for a while. So I started this radio station, started playing rock and roll. It was really funny and then, you know, fun. And and then I found another radio station down here at the beach and I picked that up and then was streaming even more. And then I came up with a whole new brand because it used to be called Kiss. So I came up with a whole new brand and thought about, hey, the spot and it's like a logo and it's like, this is the cool spot. This is the cool kids table, you know? And so the, so the, mm -hmm. the format of that just sort of, that's basically hit radio effectively, like the latest hits bkk.fm is rock and then i picked up another station in bangkok because it's such an amazing city which is bangkok.fm and so that's like really high energy dance positive sort of so on those yes we play music but we also have morning shows that we do here and so uh -huh. thailand never really got into radio the way the u.s did right hmm. so for example growing up like we always had a favorite radio station right and it almost yeah. defined who you are so in san diego if you were if you were cool you're like well listen I, I listen to 91x dude i don't know about you but sure 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 yeah. yeah totally so there was that and so honestly being in radio as i was until probably about 2003 2004 when i kind of really switched to it um i'm doing all of the stuff that we were wildly successful with in radio in the 90s in the united states and i'm doing that here and people are like mm -hmm you're going to set up a remote at my used car shop and like tell people to come over who in the world does that? And I'm like, well, <laughs> everybody in 97. And, uh, and so it's neat, right? Cause I mean, again, no one re sort of reinvents the wheel, if you will. Um, but you put sure. your own spin on it and then you give someone an opportunity to help them. 
and it just becomes fun. <laughs> and and the world, as you probably have experienced, the world will repay you for doing something that adds mm-hmm. value. And that can be financially. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes I do yeah. something cool. Someone gives me a hug. I'm like, dude, I just ate for a week. Like I am good, you know? So, um, so I'm just trying to do that here and, you know, and live in where it's 95 degrees every day. It's awesome. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. Yeah. I'm super jealous right now. It's what 54 Fahrenheit out here where I live um, in the daytime. That I don't know what it is out now, out now because it's nighttime, but. Well, there's um, planes. All you got to do is yeah. get on one. <laughs> this is true. They exist. Yeah. We can go. Sure. Um, on, on the topic of planes. Were you not, weren't you, If from what I recall, I've, se- I've seen you ta- um, do a whole broadcast at one point, talking with a whole bunch of people about, you know, what it's like, the culture shock and whatnot, moving from uh, the U.S. or Europe even um, mm-hmm. over to Thailand. Um, what's the draw for people? Uh, probably, and there's... You know, and it's not the same for every person, but I would argue that one of them, certainly for people that are older, meaning over 50, is mm-hmm. the cost of living. So okay. when I was living in San Diego before I moved here permanently, I was spending probably about nine, ten thousand dollars a month on life. And over here, it's a challenge to spend twenty five hundred. Right. And okay. uh, so but to be fair, I also don't drive a ridiculously expensive car. Yeah. And um you just change your lifestyle, but definitely one of them is probably cost of living overall. And the food is epic. Like the world's best food is made on the sidewalk in Bangkok and it costs a dollar. (laughs) Um, and so there's that, but the people, I mean, it's the land, the smiles. That's not really just like a cool t-shirt. Like that's the way you, so you've probably seen in movies and stuff, right? The way people greet each other is they why each other, right? And so that's the equivalent of like you and I shaking hands the first time. Okay. We met, sort of. Oh, that, uh... Right, yeah. Yeah. And, and then we say a very, you know, a greeting. But then also the smile. The smile is uh, infinitely more powerful and infinitely more conveying uh, over here. And so that's the way you mm-hmm. like greet somebody. And so you get off the plane and some person does this to you and you're like, wait, do I have like gold chains on? Like, what, what, what am I, I going to Are they going to hoist me up and like carry me through? And so, uh, you know, that happens enough. And you're like, These pe-, and then you feel, and then you realize it's actually genuine. They're not just like, hello, tourists, put money in my pocket. No, right, it's like, right. how, how, you, how are you? You know, where are you from? And, uh, and so there's that, that is the draw over here. The ease of life, too, I would, especially during COVID, I think it was quite highlighted that the United States is a pretty dysfunctional. Uh, <laughs> it's functionally dysfunctional, right? Functionally so dysfunctional, yes. There's still health care. Yes. Um, but only the lucky get it. It's a right? lot of duct tape. Yeah, and then there's the whole 50% hate the other 50%, but yeah. they won't have an adult discussion about and to be fair, the United States is significantly different, just like in origin as well as transformation versus Thailand. Thailand's a kingdom and it's never been, you know, um, occupied. Right. I mean, okay. they've been some invasions and things, but they have their own very Thai culture. And there it's also about 94 right now, but 94 percent Buddhist. So that in my opinion, that religion is not really a religion. Because okay. spirituality is God given, right? Religion is man made. 
Yes. And yes. so it is a way of life mm-hmm. being Buddhist and believing in this karma thing. And in that you live in a community where people are pretty convinced that like living the way everybody else lives is good. And you don't like want to have these debates that seem so necessary in, uh, in my experience in the United States. Okay. So I think that the warming, you know, of that and, uh, it's a just a, it's just a wonderful place to live. I don't worry about stuff over here. Mm. And uh, a- additionally, healthcare is amazing and well, incredibly your stories. Reasonably, <laughs> very reasonably priced. That's yeah. beautiful. Okay. Mm-hmm. So are the uh, our viewers that may want to check out what you're doing, your your podcasts and I, I know you're you've been online as well. Um what do they have what would they um what should they expect to see if they're like uh, Aside from music, right? Oh, okay, right. So we do these live remotes. We have a morning show, and we'll mm-hmm. physically go to a location, um, and they're able to see, like, other places to check out in Thailand. Because a lot of people will just, like, Google Bangkok, or they'll Google yes. Pattaya, right? And so they'll be like, okay, there's one beach road, and then there's second road, and there's nothing else. And it's like, well, no, dude, there's another 2 million people on the other side of second road, right? <laughs> there's a lot more to Bangkok than just Sukhumvit, right? And so I mean, it's an entire uh, country. <laughs> so there's that, right? I mean, it's 75 million people. And uh, okay. And so the other thing is, once you get out of these, I mean, Bangkok, again, New York, it's very international. English is spoken quite freely. Business mm-hmm. is done there. International companies have locations there. But the minute you get about two hours north of that, you're in what I'm guessing you probably refer to as the province, right? And mm-hmm. so you're sort of outside of that. And it's it's not just like going from New York City to uh, Albany. Okay. It's it's like going from New York City to the middle of Arizona where your nearest neighbor is 10 miles away. <laughs> That's great. But all you got to do is walk out on your porch and wave and 20 seconds later they're on your front doorstep, right? So oh, fun. It's it, it's a very different culture. There's like almost two cultures in, in countries like this. And quite frankly, I mean, I know you're from the Philippines. We know, my wife is from the Philippines. I've spent some time in the Philippines. And it's very similar. I mean, Metro Manila is a gargantuan delta from Auckland, right? For sure. And so, and arguably, at least for me, the people that I interface with that basically hug me either physically or emotionally or spiritually when I'm in these places, mm-hmm. they are so welcoming. And it's really, it's really a nice feeling. So, Uh you know, we try and convey that through these videos. I mean, it's not, you know, the infamous, the camera doesn't do it justice, right? I mean, we can only do so much, but I think the, the, the conveying of the data, at least, and personally my experience too, because I've, what I've found through my YouTube channel, which is live my ass off. Mm-hmm. Is that there's a you know there's a bunch of couple thousand people right that basically sort of agree with the way that I'm looking at life, and you know they're maybe disappointed with what's going on in their lives right now, and they're like, dude, I'd really like to live my ass off because right now I'm just working my ass off, and I'm like, I get it, dude, it's part of the process, and so you know we try and say, hey, look, you can come over here and for like a thousand dollars, here's the amazing weekend you can have. Whereas for a thousand dollars in San Diego, California, you get to walk to the Hotel Dell and stay one night and have some steak, and then after that, you're like, "crap, I got to pay the, for parking," right? True. Um, 
So, yeah, so there's a lot of that. And one of the things actually that does come up occasionally is, well, what about the language, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will sort of compare the Philippines to Thailand as far as a destination to go to in vacation, but potentially to retire. And I think a lot of people are attracted to the Philippines because so many people there speak English. And that's pretty mm-hmm. easy, right? Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that for me, I've never had an issue. I've learned enough Thai where mm-hmm. I can communicate. And like other foreign countries that you go to, when you start speaking the native language and you do it wrong, right? Right. A lot of the locals will sort of embrace that and be like, you know, and a lot of people like I speak Thai incorrectly and they'll respond. No, that's OK, sir. I'm like, what? You just lobbed that English over the net. I didn't know you were going to be able to. So again, you know, welcoming there, but Thai is actually the construct of it is very simple. And the best way to sort of explain that is when you potentially hear an Asian person learning English for the first time, right? They will speak in a way that is minus articles and that sort of thing. So they'll say, Mm -hmm. I go store. And you think, oh, you're learning English. Like that's really, well, that's how you say it in Thai. Like you don't say, I go to the store in Thai. You say, I go store. And so it's like, you know, where you say, where is car? Where is 7-Eleven? You know, and you say, Tinai 7-Eleven. That's it. Where is 7-Eleven? Yeah. You know, you don't, where is I'm the 7-Eleven? To, in Tagalog, I'm starting to tr- put those together in Tagalog. And it's very, actually very similar. I is mean, it? the language okay. is completely different, but very similar. Like in, in you know, the, synt- the construction is very similar. Yeah. Yeah. And or you may so have heard that from your wife, you know. There's... <laughs> So what's interesting about that is, unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. because so many people know English in the Philippines, when this guy walks up to a Filipino in the Philippines, English immediately. Uh-huh. And I'm like, dude, I am never going to learn Thai if you come up and say, hello, sir, can I help you with anything? And I'm like, mm, and I try to be cool. <laughs> Magandanu Maga. And they're like, bro, it's afternoon. <laughs> like, it's not morning. Can you really just expand the Tagalog? And so... You know, but it's it's one of those things where, again, it's like, how do you get so grateful for all of this? Go to these other places for me. I recommend go to these other places, get a passport. If there's Mm -hmm. any Americans listening to this that do not have a passport, get your act together. Seriously. Passport. Get a passport for sure. I I way too high of a percentage in the U.S. Yes. Leave the country, explore a little bit, travel, get exposed to other cultures because you know going to going to a concert is not culture (laughs) that's someone telling me that oh expose your children to culture let's go to xyz ballet no 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 that is not culture got it yeah 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 let's go to the ballet yeah let's go see nutcracker going to the opera is not exposing yourself to culture leaving the country it's a it's a version Let's just say that, but it's not, it's not really, accept- it's like people, oh man, I travel all the time. I was like up in Ontario and I'm going go to Toronto tomorrow. I'm like, bro, no, no, all no, you're no, doing no. is hanging out with Americans that are nice. That's the only <laughs> thing that's different on the border there between you and the Canadians. <laughs> and, uh, and even Mexico, the, the mm-hmm. nice thing though, about Mexico being so close to the U S it's, it's a great trial because okay. Spanish is pretty simple. Um, okay. And especially if you're like hanging out in San Diego, I mean, you can't not speak. A I was going to say, yeah. Um, and so that's pretty easy. Now, there are places you shouldn't go in Mexico because they're incredibly dangerous. Let me back up. Actually, that's an additional thing that is very attractive about Thailand. It is incredibly safe for everybody. It is ridiculously safe for foreigners. You can walk down the middle of basically what is the main drag in Bangkok, Sukhumvit 
three in the morning, gold on whatever, drop your wallet and someone will literally pick it up and run after you and give it back to you. And I've oh had that literal experience. I got here, you know, jet lag, plane in the middle of the night. I'm down here at the beach, probably about 10 minutes drive north of where I'm at. Four in the morning, I'm exhausted. I'm on my phone, I'm checking in. I put my phone down and I'm like, all right, I gotta go back to the hotel. I'm walking down, I'm like two blocks away now. Thai guy running after me, waving something in his hand, yelling at me. And I'm like, oh, here it is. Someone's gonna, you know, he's gonna mug sure. me. He's like, phone, phone, phone. And I'm like, okay, it's four in the morning. Like, there's only a, again, I was jet lagged and stuff, but there's a kind of person that's still out at four in the morning. And usually it's not librarians, okay? So I'm like, okay, this guy could have totally just taken this phone, literally walked a heck of a lot shorter distance than to find me and give me this back and sell it for $100. In a second, he could have done that. And if you're Thai, $100, you know, I mean, you're going to yeah. eat for about two weeks. Okay. And so I was like, what? So fast forward, like another, that was my, one of my first trips. Fast forward for me being here a decade, it still happens to me. You know, it happened in Phuket during COVID when people were pretty desperate for, for cash. I leave a bag full of an additional cell phone, chargers, all this stuff in front of this mall. I drive 40 minutes away. I do a live stream on YouTube. Realize I don't have this thing. I drive back to the location. There's a guy sitting there as I pull up. He holds up the bag. And I'm like, how are you? We introduce each other. I look down at my phone. I have all these messages from my friends because he opened the phone, found my Facebook, posted on there with a selfie. Sir, I've found your bag. I will wait here until you come pick it up. Dude, that is not happening in Daytona Beach. Heck no, dude. <laughs> and this is like, this is Phuket. This is super busy tourist, you know, and that is the kind of experiences that I have. It's some degree every month, at least one of those shows up. So, I mean, why wouldn't you want to live here? Gosh, right? so, how yeah. wonderful. Well, no Ooh. wonder, you know, pretty good. You, no wonder you like it there. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's now it's better understand. I definitely. I, I, I used to like think, eh, it can't be that much different than the Philippines. Ah, uh, no, um, that doesn't. It's a lot safer. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is, um, and I, and I would submit there's a lot more opportunity here too. Um, okay. For certainly the ties, um, not to become millionaires, uh, sure. but to have a very fine life, like before COVID and when the world was normal. Mm -hmm. um, the unemployment rate here was 0.7 percent <laughs> everybody's wow. working yeah and i think it's higher in the philippines mm -hmm. um and that's sad right because the government mm -hmm. is a little bit misguided i would say uh, in okay. their leadership model and they don't support their citizens as much as i think they should but again i'm not a filipino i don't vote uh you know, so but I can tell you that over here, like, I mean, there's plenty of Filipinos, quite there's plenty of everybody that comes over here, Malaysians, Vietnamese, and they're just like, wow, it's this is pretty cool. Like, I can have a good life over here. That's so, awesome. So, yeah. Um, I guess we're just about out of time. Do, do you, I just, you have any parting words for our audience about, you know, uh, talking about you've been able to design your life the way it mm -hmm. is now. Um, and you now live a life of gratitude um, and, as you call it, living your ass off. Um, mm. Any parting words for the person that is striving to maybe be where you're at right now? 
work your ass off, tell the truth, and mm-hmm. then save as much as you possibly can. I know that sounds silly and like kind of like an old man thing, but if I think of all the silly things that I actually spent money on in the United States, it's like <laughs> if I didn't buy that ridiculous Acura, I would uh-huh. have money in my bank account and I could live for three years here. It's like, dude, what was I thinking, right? So it's difficult. I mean, if you're in that community, you can't necessarily just jump out of it, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I always say like, look, live the dream because if you're not, you're doing it wrong. And I can say that because I used to do it wrong. I know what that feels like. And, you know, there's really, there's no sort of secret. There's no magic. But if you can adopt at least one thing that you do differently that's positive today and do that for at least two weeks mm-hmm. this one silly thing that i did when i was working at the university of san diego you walk down the hallway people say hi how you doing it everyone says oh i'm fine whatever so mm-hmm. i started saying i'm amazing and they'd be like what <laughs> like hey how you doing i'm amazing they're like okay like too much caffeine maybe and it would be a joke <laughs> but then some people would stop and be like god i wish i could be amazing I'm like, Mm -hmm. what's stopping you, dude? You you live in the United States, bro. You have an unlimited amount of opportunity. You're either just lazy or, you know, entitled or you're not willing to work hard. Work your ass off. And that's how you live your ass off is you start by working your ass off. It's a process. Uh My experience. That's my experience. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I want to say evening, but it's morning your time. And that still messes with me. Anyway, um, let me see here. The spot.fm, Bangkok.fm, and your Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the spot Thailand. What awesome. am I missing? No, that, that's great. Anyone can, I'm the easiest guy in the world to get a hold of. I'd be happy to help you. Just please let me know how. And obviously, uh, selfishly, it would be great if you listened to the radio stations too. So, <laughs> absolutely. Well, now that I know what you play, I, I will most definitely be tuning in online. Fair enough. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for watching today's show. I'm your host, Francis Bauer. See you on the next episode of Design Your Life. Ang ubo, mabilis lumala. Kaya dapat agapan. Dapat New Solmuse Advanced Syrup. May two-time zinc para ang ubo, imbis na lumala, tulungang mabilis mawala. New Solmuse Advanced Syrup. Unilab yan.
Ang 40D, tumutulong patibayan ng vital organs, iwas sakit sa puso, at iba pang sakit. 